page 136. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins to God our Father, imploring Him, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess to you all my sins and iniquities, with which I have ever offended you, and justly deserve your punishment, now and forever. But I am heartily sorry for them, and sincerely repent of them. And I pray you of your boundless mercy, and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be merciful to me, a poor Upon this, your confession. I, a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God to all of you. And in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The introit. Have respect to your covenant, O Lord. Oh, do not let the oppressed return ashamed. Arise, O God, plead your own cause. Do not forget the voice of your enemies. O God, why have you cast us off forever? Why does your anger smoke against the sheep of your master? Remember your congregation, which you have purchased of the tribe of your inheritance, which you have redeemed. This Mount Zion, where you have do not forget the life of your poor forever. Let the poor and needy praise your name. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. Have respect to your covenant, O Lord. Oh, do not let the oppressed return ashamed. Arise, O God, please your own cause. Do not forget the voice of your enemies. God on high and on earth. 
Almighty and everlasting God, give unto us the increase of faith, hope, and charity. And as we do obtain that which you promise, make us to love that which you command. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Old Testament reading for the 13th Sunday after Trinity is from the 6th chapter of Hosea. Come and let us return to the Lord, for he has torn, but he will heal us. He has stricken, but he will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will raise us up. That we may live in his sight, let us know. Let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. His going forth is established as the morning. He will come to us like the rain, like the latter and former rain to the earth. O Ephraim, what shall I do to you? O Judah, what shall I do to you? For your faithfulness is like a morning cloud, and like the early dew it goes away. Therefore, I have hewn them by the prophets, I have slain them by the words of my mouth, and your judgments are like light that goes forth. For I desire mercy and not sacrifice, and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. This is the word of the Lord. Strength among the peoples. You 
chapter of Galatians. Brethren, I speak in the manner of men. Though it is only a man's covenant, yet if it is confirmed, no one annuls or adds to it. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He does not say unto seeds as of many, but as of one, and to your seed, who is Christ. And this I say, that the law, which was 430 years later, cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before by God in Christ, that it should make the promise of no effect. For if the inheritance is of the law, it is no longer a promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. What promise then, or what purpose then, does the law serve? It was added because of transgressions, till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. And it was appointed through angels by the hand of a mediator. Now a mediator does not mediate for one only, but God is one. Is the law then against the promises of God? Certainly not. For if there had been a law given, which could have given life, truly righteousness would have been by the law. But the scripture has confined all under sin, that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. This is the word of the Lord. Gospel according to St. Luke, the 10th chapter. Then he turned to his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes which see the things you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see what you see and have not seen it, and to hear what you hear and have not heard it. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered rightly, do this, and you will live. But he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. 
So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. He set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, He who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. This is the Gospel of the Lord. The Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth and all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven, and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary, and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again, according to the Scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshiped and glorified, who is spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come.
Our sermon text from Psalm 74, verse 20 and 21. It's used for the introit and the gradual. It says, Have respect to your covenant, for the dark places of the earth are full of the haunts of cruelty. Oh, do not let the oppressed return ashamed. Let the poor and needy praise your name. This is our text. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Although a covenant is an agreement between two parties, God's covenant with man are not an even-handed deal between two parties. It's not an equitable exchange. God's covenants are probably what we would call a promise. Our God descends and mercifully bridges the gap so that he comes to sinful man to give him his word of promise. God announces his word of promise, which man them is to believe, and thus through faith he receives the grace which that triune God has promised. That's the way it works. Well, in today's epistle, St. Paul speaks of a covenant which God made to the patriarch Abraham and to his seed. Now that seed, he says, was Jesus, the Christ, our Savior, so that Abraham and his children were to receive God's richest blessings on account of the promised coming of Jesus Christ. And Abraham was saved, not through merit of obedience to the law, but he was saved through a righteousness that comes through faith in that promised seed. Now, Because the Galatians, to whom Paul was writing, because the Galatians were laying claim to Abraham's inheritance and to life and to righteousness, but they were laying claim to it through an obedience to the law, we've earned it, the Apostle Paul needed to correct them and set them straight. And so, God's intent in giving the Ten Commandments to man 430 years later was not because he wanted to invalidate the promise which he had made to Abraham so that somehow now, yeah, it used to be a promise. Now you've got to earn it. No, Paul says, that's not it. God's promise to save through faith in the Savior has not been changed at all. If there had been a law which could truly give life, well then okay, but God's law, His Ten Commandments, you can't keep them. You're not able to live without sin, and thus, you're not able to receive. The Scripture confines all under sin. When the Ten Commandments come, it levels us all. We're not able to be saved except through through faith. The law of God was given in order that it might be clearly seen that all men are sinners. That was its purpose. The triune God already knew that man was infected with a sinful nature. He already knew that we were unable to love the Lord our God with all our soul and mind and strength and heart. He knew man was unable to love his neighbor as himself. The reason God gave these commandments were so that we would come to know, we would come to know our failure to keep the commandments. 
Now, to be sure, God had given Abraham as well as his people that followed after. Uh, He gave them ordinances and statutes and judgments, uh, as we see in the Old Testament reading from uh, Hosea and then in other places like Leviticus. It talks about how you shall observe my judgments. You will keep my ordinances to walk in them, for I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments, which if a man does, he shall live by them. I am the Lord. Now, yes, it says those things. But you see, some had misunderstood that when God said those things, he meant that you would become righteous before God and earn his favor by doing those things. If you will listen carefully to the passages where it speaks of those things, it normally begins in ways like this. I am the Lord your God. Well, if, we, if he's the Lord our God, we're already saved. He belongs to us. We are his. He says things like this. Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, we're already his children. Well, these passages are not telling them, here's the way in which you get yourself saved. It's saying, I'm your God. You are my children. Now, now that you are saved, this is the way in which you live. He's not saying to them, you become my children by keeping these commandments and these statutes and ordinances. No, not at all. You see, God cares for us. We are his children. And he has saved us. And now he wants to teach us the way of life. Sinful man comes up with all kinds of selfish and sinful ways to misuse God's creation. These inclinations of our sinful nature will cause us all kind of heartache and sorrow. And now that the Lord has become our God, he wishes to warn us. You shall not do according to the doings of the people of the land of Canaan of which I am bringing you into. Do not walk according to their ordinances. He's telling us, you're my people. Don't don't live like them. You see, thankfully, we who are his children, and he has saved us, thankfully, he wants to teach us as well. We have become his children, and we're not to live like unbelievers. So, here's the distinction. Unbelievers give themselves over to all kinds of selfish desires, and the scriptures say, with a continual lust for more. Do not do what seems right in your own eyes. You're not to live that way. Your life is not your own. You were bought with a price. Similarly, your life does not consist in the abundance of your possessions, which you acquire, or, or the thrills which you experience. Your life seeks to know the will of God. You are to seek to please your Heavenly Father in all your doings in life. And the triune God, well, will help you to find an abundant life that is found in the service of others. When sinners seek to have you join them in their debauchery and licentiousness, God tells us, do not do it. Listen to the Lord God who cares for you. You're not to dress suggestively as they do. You're not to degrade your body, as they do. You're not to live together without the blessings of marriage. Men are to be strong. They are to be providing and protecting of the weaker, women and children. Women are to be faithful and to be pure in their service and nurturing. 
You're not to live the way others do. The world does it in a different way. The world uses words in order to manipulate and to deceive. They hide behind changing definitions and their promises cannot be counted on. You are not to be that way. This Paul says, let your yes be yes and your no, no. Always seek the truth and pursue it. If you have fallen from your high position as a child of the king, well then admit your fault. Tell the truth. Confess it. Do not use changing words in order to try to cover it up. Return to the Lord your God. In today's, old, in today's Holy Gospel, we have a real-life example of someone who refuses to trust in, Je- in Jesus all the while he still wants to be saved by his own merit and keeping of the law. Uh, this man appears to care about religious things, uh, but he doesn't care about the long-standing promise of a Savior. Abraham, uh, he doesn't care about the seed of Abraham uh, who has been given. Here is this man, he's standing before Jesus. This lawyer is standing before the promised seed of Abraham and he doesn't care. God has come in human flesh to save us. His righteous life to save us by uh, uh, taking away our punishment and the man doesn't care. We learn that the godly Old Testament prophets and kings were all waiting. They were waiting for Jesus' coming. They believed in him, and they received his free gift of salvation. But this rich, young lawyer won't rely upon Jesus. He does not take a seat and then learn from Jesus the truth, the way of life, to confess and believe. No, this man comes and sits Jesus down and begins to drill him with questions. When this man mistakenly thought that he could do what was needed to merit eternal life, Jesus directed him to the Ten Commandments to show him his sin. Surely this rich young man would see that he had not loved God with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength. Surely he would see his sin, that he had not uh, have a selfless love for his neighbor in the way that he loved himself. And so when Jesus said, do this and you will live, it was unkeepable. It was a demand of the law. Surely he would see it. The right response would have been for the lawyer to confess his lovelessness. Jesus was standing before him. He would have forgiven him, invited him to believe, and he would receive what prophets and kings had received. The promise of God was a genuine offer to convert Jesus was there with open arms. But it was a sad day. A sad day indeed. This man did in fact come to realize he had not loved his neighbor as himself. He realized he had not kept the law perfectly. The lawyer was right on the brink of becoming a child of God. Or as Jesus says in other places, you are close to the kingdom of God. Jesus would have forgiven him, declared him righteous through faith, but the man backs up and he clings hard to the law. The text says, but wanting to justify himself, he said to Jesus, and who is 
my neighbor. The man wanted to justify himself, that is, declare himself righteous. He didn't need Jesus. This man had the law and he was trying to wiggle out of that law, a law which made him a sinner. He was a lawyer and he said, there's got to be a loophole somewhere here. He figured, you know what? The definition of neighbor, yeah, maybe that could be cut down to size. There must be exceptions of those that you really don't have to love. Maybe they're not really neighbors one way or another. He was going to get out of it. The story of the Good Samaritan is Jesus seeking to crush this man's pride. Jesus, with this story, is using a sledgehammer of God's law. It's designed to make the lawyer ask for mercy. You'll see that the religious excuse of the priest and of the Levite does not cut the mustard. The Samaritan had mercy on his natural enemy. It's a half-dead Jew lying in the street. You see, you don't get to pick your neighbors. You're to have mercy on all who need your help, even your enemies. So Jesus strikes the last blow and says to him, Go and do likewise. Jesus gives him more law, but it is to no avail. The man does not confess. The words of today's introit and gradual, Psalm 74, give us what should have been the right approach. We're to cry out and say, have respect to your covenant, O Lord. You see, God won't respect our good works. They can never save us. Our only hope is the covenant that God has made with us. God made us a promise. It was in the seed of the woman who would, curse, who would crush the head of the serpent. He made a promise through Abraham and he would bless all nations. God, remember your covenant with us. Psalm 74 goes on to say, For the dark places of the earth are full of the haunts of cruelty. <laughs> it's a description of this sinful world. It's a cruel and dark world. It's one in which priest and Levite walk by on the other side. And even believers are led into temptation and seldom live holy lives. O Lord, do not look at my sin. Do not consider my faults. Remember your covenant, your promise which was fulfilled in Jesus. Yes, Adam and Eve trusted in the promise. Noah and his family uh, were given a sign of the covenant. That is a bow in the sky, a rainbow. Abraham was given the co- uh, a covenant. The sign of the covenant was circumcision. That, well, the promise would come through his descendants. Kings and prophets have waited for this promised Savior. Finally, in the Old Testament, the last Old Testament prophet, Malachi, he said, Behold, I send my messenger. He will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple even the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight he is coming. Before this man, this lawyer, was standing the messenger of the covenant, the one that you delight, the one that you seek, Jesus, the Savior. The Ten Commandments have shown us our sin and it's left us ashamed. We are oppressed as recalcitrant, sinful nature 
Of ourselves, we are poor and needy. So we cry out with Psalm 74, Oh, do not let the oppressed return ashamed. Don't let us be ashamed. Let the poor and needy praise your name. If you save us, Lord, we will praise your name. If you open our lips, we will declare your praise. If you teach us, we will live in the way of life. Through faith in God's covenant, we do obtain that which we could never get by means of the law. Through faith, we receive God's promises. We receive forgiveness, life, and salvation. We receive the covenant. Today's collect asks for an increase of faith, hope, and charity. That's love, charity. We need more faith to trust God in every area of our life. We need more hope that we might be sure of the eternal life which is to come. We need more love, love towards God and love towards our neighbor, even our enemies. We've already received the promise of eternal salvation. Now we ask to please God by our life. And so we pray that God would make us love what he commands and give us the help, which is faith, hope, and charity. So I conclude with that colic one more time. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, give unto us an increase of faith, hope, and charity. And as we do obtain that which you promise, make us to love that which you command. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. The offertory is created in me, page Let us pray to the Lord. Lord Almighty God, everlasting Father, we give you thanks that your seed of Abraham, Jesus Christ, that he truly loved you with all his heart, soul, strength, and mind, and that he also loved us so much that he showed us mercy and gave us the gift of eternal life. Let us pray to the Lord. We ask, O Lord, that the church who has been given that full revelation of Jesus Christ, that we might see that we are blessed through the hearing of the word of Christ's forgiveness and not by works of the law, that out of love for Christ's redemption, that each of us would be given the desire to be diligent in our performance of good works of love for our spouse, child, parent, friend, co-worker, employer, even our enemies. We ask that our Bishop James and our pastors, Michael and Gary, that they would be given strength to provide assistance and scriptural guidance to pastors and congregations. Bless our director, Healy, 
as well as the teachers and staff of our learning center. Let us pray to the Lord. O God, because you have given us this good land in which we dwell, we pray for our President Joe, our Governor JB, our Mayor Steve, and others who are elected and appointed to serve us in the various branches of government. Grant that they would make, judge, and enforce our laws with integrity and clarity of mind, that they would recognize their responsibility to you, the one from whom all authority stems, We remember in particular the courts of our land that all judges would interpret our constitution and laws with impartiality and thus contribute to peace and stability throughout the nation. Protect those who serve in the armed forces, especially Danny, Jason, and Blake, and our police officers, Daniel and Alex, that they may be diligent, carrying out their duties and be protected from harm and danger. Let us pray to the Lord. Bless our shut-in, Carol, Carolyn, our elderly, Violet, and Tom. Provide for the needs of Kevin, Stan, Jack, Levi, Jennifer, Jim, and Victor and Marcia. We also ask that you would be with our students, with Sarah, Sadie, Jonathan, Kara, Alexis, Ashley, and Benjamin and Jacob. We ask also that you would be with Judy Offutt, uh, uh, who has some deep vein thrombosis, some clots. We ask that you would provide uh, care as well as uh, relief. Uh, we ask it all through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O oh Lord, Heavenly Father, we here remember the suffering and death of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, for our salvation. Praising his victorious resurrection from the dead, we draw strength from his ascension before you, where he ever stands for us as our own high priest. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb and his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us. For to you alone we give all glory, honor, and worship. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord be with you. Places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, 
We laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, on those whom you created, sending your only begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. With repentant joy, we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and the remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive, renew, and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood as he bids us do in his own testament. Hear us as we pray in his name and as he has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. And his mercy endures forever. Let us pray. We have thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. We implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Bless we the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.